Well, hello, and I want to welcome you to the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Horton. I'm here to bring you a short message that's designed to help you become all that God created you to be and to live your life to the fullest. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get into today's message. So glad to be with you again today. I hope things are going well in your life and uh, and that you are seeking God with your heart. Um, uh, it's, it's really an amazing day, isn't it? So many changes, so many things happening. And I want to jump right into my, uh, my uh, uh, topic for today. I've been talking about the fact that it looks like we are in the time just prior to Jesus' return with so many changes and uh, with so many things to be aware of, take care of. And then in a day of tremendous uh, deception and delusion, I've been talking about that on Sundays, um, and I just want to go in a little more detail. I've also mentioned the fact that the Holy Spirit is the person that helps us navigate through uh, rough waters, so to speak. And, you know, aren't you glad that the Lord hasn't left us by ourselves? We are never alone. He's not left us, Jesus said, as orphans. In fact, Jesus sent a person and a personality, not just to be with us, to be inside of us, who actually takes his place and, and will be to us everything Jesus was to his disciples. That's another lesson perhaps for another day. But it's an exciting thing to think that everything the disciples had when they walked with Jesus those three and a half years, we have in the person of the Holy Spirit. Uh, when they had questions, when the disciples had questions about the scriptures, they went to Jesus and he answered their questions, their doctrinal questions they may have had about their relationship with the Father. Um, when they had a need, you know, they had needed some food to feed a bunch of people. And Jesus was there to direct them and show them what to do. Um, there, were, uh, there was one time when, uh, when there was a funeral procession and a little boy, a little coffin was being carried down the street with a little boy in it. And uh, Jesus raised the little guy from the dead. There was another time that, um, that Jesus moved, a person was deceased. Jesus moved everybody out of the room, raised the person up. You know, everything, I'm just saying all that to say that everything the disciples needed was in the Lord Jesus. And see, Jesus said he hasn't left us alone. He hasn't left us as orphans. He sent the Holy Spirit to help us. So in this crazy time of adjustments and change, we can expect the Holy Spirit to be in us. Everything Jesus was to the disciples, he was their need meter, so to speak. Holy Spirit on the inside of us is our personal representative of the Lord Jesus, and he is the one that helps us. John 16, 13, don't forget, Jesus said, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore said, he will take of mine and declare it to you. So he said, when, uh, when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to guide us. He's going to lead us. He's going to help us. And the truth is, if you go back to John 14, John 15, John 16, everything Jesus was to the disciples, he, the Holy Spirit will be in us today. Isn't that great news? Uh, so, so, you know, I've, uh, through the years of my walking with Jesus, I've so, sometimes people have said, boy, I wish I could, and maybe you've thought this, I wish I could have been uh, 
I could have been there when Jesus walked the earth, been with the disciples. You got it better than they had it. You don't have Jesus just with you. He's inside of you in the person of the Holy Ghost. We've got the same tools available to us that they had to them. We've got the same personage available to us that the disciples had with them. Yes, they could see Jesus, and we can't see him. But you know what? We have the Holy Spirit in us, and he is Jesus' personal representative to aid and help us. So I'm talking about 10 ways the Holy Spirit uh, works in us as believers. In the last podcast, I mentioned two of those 10 ways. Number one, the Holy Spirit creates unity in the body of Christ. Secondly, the Holy Spirit gives us the desire to be like Jesus. I covered both of those in the last podcast. If you didn't hear that, feel free to go back and listen. Uh, They are available. Number three of the 10 ways the Holy Spirit works in us is this. The Holy Spirit produces in us, listen to this, a sense of right standing with God. Psychologists say that the greatest demotivator of human personality is, um, is inferiority and condemnation. And that's across the board, just about with every human being. And the good news is the Holy Spirit, Jesus in the person of the Holy Spirit, and Jesus in his sacrifice for us, has given us an ability to stand before God without the sense of sin, as, as just as though we had the same standing that Jesus has. So that number three, the Holy Spirit produces in us a sense of right standing with God. Let me unpack that a minute. Titus 3, 5, New Living Translation says, He saved us not because of the righteous things we have done, but because of His mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. It's not by works of righteousness we've done, but by His own mercy He saved us. King James says, by the washing of regeneration and by the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Isn't that incredible? So so Romans 8, 1 says this, um, there is therefore now no condemnation. One translation says, a judging guilty, those who are in Christ Jesus. King James says, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So, So there is no condemnation in Christ. The really cool thing about coming to Jesus is, Jesus Christ himself gives us his own right standing with God. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this, For he made him, God made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be, uh, to be sin for us, to be our sin sacrifice, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Jesus became what we were so that we can become now what he is. That is an incredible statement. Jesus became what we were so that we can become what he is. 1 Corinthians 1.30, but of him are you in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. This is an incredible thought that God has given us the same standing with himself that he has given Jesus. Listen to me. Maybe you've been a person, you know, I've had an overworked conscience most all of my life. And, uh, you know, if you have an obsessive mind like mine is and you overthink things, then, you know, you do one small thing wrong and, boy, you just beat yourself up over it. That was my personality when I came to Jesus. And I have since learned in all these 40-some-odd years that, you know what, 
Uh, it's not my works. It's not who what I've done. It's what Jesus did for me that gives me a standing before God in heaven. We literally have become righteous. You know, uh, often as I was being raised in a church environment, I, I constantly heard that we are sinners saved by grace. And, and uh, you know, my righteousness is as filthy rags as Isaiah says. And so often, again, it was repeated over and over and over, you know, uh, we're sinners saved by grace. We're sinners saved by grace. Well, you know, I was a sinner. Listen, so here's the truth. I was a sinner. I was saved by God's grace. Now I have become the righteousness of God in him. Friend, I want you to get a hold of that. And the Holy Spirit wants you to get a hold of that because it's, it's our understanding, our place, and, and standing before God that enables us to have boldness to pray, boldness to minister to others as the Holy Spirit directs us. And, and you, won't be, you, you won't have that boldness unless you know that you have right standing with God. Uh, I think it's up Proverbs 28.1, The wicked flee when no man pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. What gives us boldness. Your right standing with God gives you boldness. If you like boldness, come to understand, friend, who you are in Christ Jesus. Let me define righteousness. Let me talk about this for just a moment. And there's some, there's some word plays here I want to talk about that are all important in understanding uh, who we are and our position before God in Christ. Righteousness, a good definition for righteousness I came across many years ago is the ability to stand before a holy God without sin, condemnation, or inferiority as though sin never existed. That is an absolutely incredible, credible statement. Listen, righteousness is the ability to stand before a holy God without sin, condemnation, or inferiority, as though sin never existed. Now, you know, if you can stand before God just as though you'd never sinned, I tell you, that will give you a boldness. Just like a, you know, I've got eight grandchildren, and some of you know, they can, when they see me, they run up to me, and I'm a really tall guy, and they're really short. They're seven years old and younger, and some of them are really short, and uh, boy, they come. In fact, last night we had, a, you know, we have recent services, and, you know, I've got some grandkids that attend our church, and, you know, when they come and run up to me, they grab my leg, and they call me Poppy, Poppy, Poppy. They have they has no air that they're not accepted by me. They know they're fully accepted by me, fully loved by me. And I make sure I have a big smile on my face and a big hug and a kiss for them. Every single time they see them, they know they're welcomed in my presence. And see, it's just that way between you and me and God the Father. You know Jesus. He makes you welcome in the presence of God. He gives you literally his righteousness. Now, sometimes people confuse their good works with righteousness. Righteousness and works, they, they don't go together, you know. We, we, sometimes we confuse righteousness and holy living. I, I, want to, I want to show you a little word play here that I hope you'll remember, and I hope it'll make sense and help. Um, as, as I've studied over the years, some of these Greek words for these, these various... Um, 
uh, beliefs we have and doctrines of Scripture, if you want to call it that. Um, this word righteousness, and then the word just, listen, it's the word righteousness and the word justification in the New Testament come from the same uh, root Greek word. Righteousness and justification go hand in hand. I'll talk about justification uh, in in just a minute, but but then there's there's another there's another play on words. The the same Greek root word for sanctification or being set apart and changing is the same Greek word for holiness in the New Testament. So sanctification or being set apart and being holy they go together like righteousness and justification go together. But see, it's, it's a different, different scenario. Righteousness and holiness, see, they're on a different plane. Jesus gave you his standing, and because he gave you his standing, we can then allow the Holy Spirit to set us apart and to, and to purify our lives. But it's not the purifying, and it's the, not the setting apart that makes us right with God. It's the sacrifice of Jesus that sets us apart. Sanctification and holiness are a work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Righteousness and justification, or turn it around, justification and righteousness, they are a work of the blood of Jesus in our lives. Let me say it again. And the blood of Jesus does sanctify us. Yes, it does. But, but see, it's the Holy Spirit that brings that to pass. Jesus himself is the person that has made you and me righteous and given us the ability to stand in his presence just as though we had never done anything wrong. So the Holy Spirit gives us an ability. This is what we're talking about. He produces in us a sense of righteousness, of right standing with God. Let me unpack that a little bit further. See, righteousness has two parts to it. There are two phases of your standing with God. The first phase of your and my standing with God is justification. Uh, Romans 5, 1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Justification. What is justification? Justification is the act whereby Jesus Christ himself took upon himself our sins, all of our thoughts, all of our words, all of our misdeeds, all of our wrong motives, everything about us from, from our past up till now, Jesus became our sin. And justification is where Jesus was held liable for our sin. Justification is where Jesus stood in the gap, took our sin for us, paid our sin debt for us, and let us walk free. That is justification. So justification is the act whereby God takes our sin, all of our misdeeds, places them on his son. Jesus is judged for those things, and then we become free. We are justified in the, in the universal court of law. We are made right with God by the blood of Jesus, not just because God forgives us. No, God has adjudicated our sin by placing our sin debt on his son. I'm slowing down. You need to hear what I'm saying here. If you've got an air of condemnation, you're a believer. You're walking with God. If there's any air of condemnation about your life, 
God wants you to get over that condemnation. Jesus was condemned. Jesus became the criminal for you so that you can go free, my friend. Jesus became. Jesus legally paid the legal penalty for our sins. How did he do that? He became our sin. Then he died in our place. Now, we're going to die physically. He spiritually died. Jesus' spirit was separated from God. God turned his back when Jesus was hanging on the cross, and Jesus cried out those words, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me in that moment of time? Jesus the Son became the liability for our sin. He, was, he, he became what we are. He took our place. He was in our stead, and God judged on his pure spotless son our sin. That's incredible. When Jesus died, he died first spiritually. That is, what is spiritual death? Separation from God. Jesus was separated from God. So he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? See, God turned his back on him. Then Jesus died physically. He couldn't die physically until he died spiritually. And then once he died physically, Jesus went to the regions of the damned. Hell was divided into two compartments. There was the place called Abraham's bosom or uh, to the thief on the cross. Jesus called that place paradise. It was the righteous side of Hades. And there was a chasm between the two. Go read Luke 16. There was a chasm between the two. And so those that trusted the blood sacrifice, that is the sacrifice of animal blood, atoning or covering their sins under the Abrahamic covenant. Those people, when they died under the old, in the Old Testament, under the Old Covenant, they went to the paradise side of Hades when they died. They couldn't go to hell, heaven yet because they literally, their sin debt was not yet adjudicated, was not yet paid. They weren't judicially free yet. They had a promissory note. They had a promise of salvation but they didn't have the substance of salvation, so they couldn't yet go to heaven. I know it's, a, it's kind of a deep kind of subject, but that really did happen. So watch, when, when Jesus died, he went to that righteous side of hell. 1 Peter 3 says the gospel was preached to those that are dead. How did that happen when Jesus died? Jesus went to that righteous side of hell. And Jesus talked to the Old Testament patriarchs and those that were under the old covenant who had died, uh, awaiting the promised Messiah, the Lamb of God, who, who Jesus was, who takes away the sin of the world. When Jesus went to hell, he preached the gospel to them that are dead. That's what the Bible says. And then Ephesians 4 said, he led, the, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Jesus stayed in hell until God was satisfied that your sin debt was adjudicated. Your sin debt was paid. That is incredible. Who did it? Jesus became your sin. Jesus went to hell for your sin. And Jesus stayed there until God was satisfied that your sin debt, my sin debt, and the sin debt of every person in the world potentially had been paid legally by the spotless, pure Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, who became our sin. Jesus became our sin. And there in hell, Jesus preached the gospel to those old covenant people. And he told them, uh, we don't know what he told them, but he obviously let them know that he was the typical lamb of sacrifice that was sacrificed once a year for the sins, for the sins of, um, 
for, for the sins of, uh, of, of the Israelites. And when, and when God was satisfied that the sins of the world uh, were paid in full by the Lord Jesus Christ, if people would accept him as Savior, then the Holy Spirit came on Jesus in hell. He was resurrected from physical death, got back in his human body that was dead, and he said, Behold, I am he that was dead, and now I live, and behold, I'm alive forevermore, and I have the keys of hell and death. So that's really incredible. See, that's the justification part of righteousness. Jesus became your sin. You don't, and I, we don't pay our sin debt because Jesus did. People that don't accept Jesus as their sacrifice from sin, guess what? They pay their own sin debt. They have to go to hell and pay their sin debt because it's not paid. They can't go to heaven in an impure form without their sins being cleansed because God is holy. Got it? So, so Jesus justified us from sin. So there's one part of of, of our standing with God where Jesus takes our sin, pays our sin debt for us. That's one part. The other part to our standing with God is being made righteous. Jesus not only uh, takes our sin debt and pays our sin debt for us, but Jesus also, now listen to this, he removes our sin from us, but then he goes a step further and gives us the same standing that he has before God in heaven as the, as the Son of God. He, God makes us righteous. We are now the righteousness of God in him. Not by our own works. God places into us the work of Christ. And we're righteous because of Jesus' work. So we can now stand before God justified our, just as if I'd never sinned. We also stand before God as righteous, just as though we had never done wrong. We're the same standing before God that Jesus the Son has. Y'all, that right there <laughs> is enough to stand up and shout and dance about, I'll tell you. And so, and so every day, and you know, I take some time every day, and I thank God that I'm righteous and I have his Jesus standing before him in heaven. What does that do? Well, when you've got challenges and problems and you need to pray, there is an emergency that has arisen and, and, and you just need to get a hold of God and get a hold of him now. You don't have to wade through the muck and mire of condemnation and inferiority and crawl into the th uh, crawl before the throne of God as a beleaguered sinner. No, Jesus gave you his standing. Jesus justified you, legally paid your sin down. Jesus gave you his standing in heaven. Now you can stand up with your head held high, not in an arrogant, self-centered pride, but in a humility based in the work of Christ. And you can go before God and say, Father, Father, Abba, Father. And you can talk to him just the way Jesus would talk to him. And God will answer your prayers. Y'all, that is absolutely important today. Because we have so many pressures and challenges every single day. We need, we need to know that we can go before God 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I don't have to have somebody else come and pray for me. I can, but I don't have to. I don't have to wait till I get to a church building. I don't have to wait till I get to a church service. I can talk to God 24 hours a day, seven days a week with the same standing before him that Jesus the Son has. And you know what? That gives you boldness knowing that regardless of what comes up in life, whatever crisis, whatever challenge occurs, you know what? 
We have the ear of God. He answers prayer, and he's going to come through on us, uh, for us. So that, that statement number three, ten ways the Holy Spirit works in our lives. Boy, this is one you need to listen to. If you don't have it, listen to this over and over again. The Holy Spirit produces in us a sense of righteousness, of right standing with God. Friends, we need that today in this crazy, crazy time. So, Father, I just pray for me and all of us that the Spirit of God would do something fresh in us. Help us, dear Father God, give us, give us an understanding of our standing with you. Give us a, an illumination of the fact that we are justified, that Jesus literally took our sin debt when he died on the cross for us, and he legally adjudicated our sins, and they are completely wiped out, and they are completely cleansed from our lives. Give us that illumination, and then show us that, Lord, not only that, but Jesus went a step further, and he has made us the righteousness of God in, in him. We have Jesus standing before you. Thank you so much, Lord. Let that be illuminated in every person that hears this. And let the Spirit of God work in us in a fresh way. And Lord, we just want to say thank you so much for the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Well, God bless you, my friend. Can't wait to go to point number four next time on uh, the 10 thing, ways the Holy Spirit works in us. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. I hope you're able to get something out of the message today. Before you leave, please make sure uh, that you subscribe or leave a review on whatever platform that you're listening from. Doing this goes a long way in helping us reach a wider audience. Lastly, if you want to reach out with questions, concerns, prayer requests, or comments about today's content, you can email me at pastor at victorychurchraleigh.com. I would love to hear from you. Now go out there and be all that God created you to be today. God bless you.